So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Dan Deschamps. Dan, you absolutely killed it on there, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. So, for episode 95 of Easy Conversations, I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day right now. Uh, episode 95, Eric, that's insane. Five more to the big one. Um, can't wait for tonight's today's episode. We're going to be talking about things that I love. And Eric, why don't you introduce the subject to everyone? Yep. So for this episode, we're going to be going back to, again, going over some major franchises that are active right now in both the HBO and Amazon Prime realms, which we haven't discussed yet. So we're going to be providing initial thoughts and predictions on both the HBO's House of the Dragon and Amazon Prime's Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power series. Two titans in the fantasy genre that just so happen to be airing at the same in the same period of time, which is insane that we've waited years since Lord of the Rings has been announced and I want to say 2019 or so is when they announced that they'd be doing a series and then 2019 is also when Game of Thrones ended its initial run and not too long after there there was an announcement that a Targaryen centric show would be released and they're at the same time so just a crazy time that we're in we're going to start off with House of the Dragon which premiered a few weeks ago now so at the time of recording three episodes of House of the Dragon have been released and two episodes of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power have been released. Initial thoughts first, then predictions, House of the Dragon first overall. So, Matt, I'll throw it over to you first. Through three episodes, how are you feeling about House of the Dragons in general? Just want to like reiterate what you said though, Eric. It's a great time to be a fantasy fan right now. Starting off with the first show, House of the Dragon, I, I'm actually loving the show right now, I'm not going to lie. Every after every episode, I've been talking to like people at work, and it feels like kind of like Game of Thrones is back. Like we're just having our discussions the next day about the episode. What I'm liking about House of the Dragon initially is it's not like super hard to follow like Game of Thrones was season one because bouncing around from place to place. House of the Dragon's a lot like more simpler to follow. There's less characters. Aesthetically, it's just as good as Game of Thrones, like the look, the setting, the costumes, everything, and just the music, same guy. Like, it's awesome. And the level of acting, too, is perfect. I got chills the first episode, Eric, when you just, like, were back in King's Landing and you saw, like, okay, this show is bringing back, is this show from the get-go is showing us something that we've always wanted to watch in the old Game of Thrones show, and it was, like, dragons. We get this right away in House of the Dragon, and it's just epic, in my opinion. I don't know. I can't wait for like every. It sucks that it comes off, comes out every week because like I, I'm always impatient. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and my initial thoughts is I'm really loving it, Eric, and like I'm curious if you're loving it just as much as me. Oh yeah, I'm loving it so far. It's so fun to be back in the Game of Thrones world, and I agree with everything you said. Really, in that it is simpler to follow compared to Game of Thrones when we were initially thrown into that world for the first time, and I wonder if that's because. We know the world this time around. It's not our first introduction. Even though these are all new families and new characters, we're familiar with what's to come. And we are just more aware of how things are done in this realm, how a a small council of advisors really aren't, don't have the best interests of their Lord in mind, right? Like they're all in it for themselves and looking at the best angle that'll help themselves down the line. Mm -hmm. So I think our perception going into this show 
is more informed and it's just like a familiar um like going back home if you going to see your parents kind of thing if you live away and it's just like it's familiar and we're happy to be back there so i'm enjoying it a lot on your point of the dragons same here just right out the gate we're getting monster full-grown dragons and who look quite different too. Like you look at uh, Damon's mm-hmm. dragon and Rhaenyra's dragon, they have different looks. And now the third dragon that we've seen, Sea Smoke in ep- episode three, they're all unique. Whereas in Game of Thrones, while we did have three dragons, they're all the same, just different colors, right? So it is cool to see what, they're, what they've been able to do with these three dragons initially. And I can't wait to see others down the road. But just for now, what I'm loving about House of the Dragon is more the focused plot and just the political scheming that was a staple in Game of Thrones early seasons, right? All these conversations that you know are going to set up stuff to come down the road and decisions that are made will have enormous ripple effects down the road. So I'm just loving all that boots to the ground and politicking. That's just the majority of every episode so far. And for me, it's not dull at all. All those conversations you mentioned, Eric, those like the... The one-on-ones, basically, like, between maybe Otto and King Viserys. And, like, first of all, Otto Hightower, love him. Rice Effens does an amazing <laughs> job. And I usually picture him as, like, a goofy, like, character character actor. But, like, to see him as Otto in this is amazing. And just his look, his look says a thousand words. You know, he doesn't waste any words either. But, like, just his expressions are perfect. Patty Considine, who plays the King Viserys, is also does a great acting job kind of like he's not an idiot he's just i don't know like we see him make a decision based for like uh picking alicent alicent as his uh, wife you know like he's going following his heart he's he's very uh, hesitant he doesn't want to hear about political stuff when he's on the hunt in the third episode like he's you know something i i mean we're not into prediction yet but i know something's gonna happen like eventually because he's not like he's not a strong ruler i love that the show focused on um a power struggle in terms of who's going to be the heir to the throne. I always like that's a story as old as time, but it's it's a good one. Like who's going to take control after? You know, we have a weak king. That's basically a story of our own history and human. Like for us in Europe, so um, I like all that stuff going on. Renera, like how awesome is she, Eric? Um, yeah. Timeline was I I don't know how much of like we're going to get this Renera, the one that we have now, because I have a feeling like we're going to be jumping in time soon. Did you do you have like I don't know if you've been reading about it, Eric, but like, do you suspect that's what's going to happen soon? More time jumps? Well, I unfortunately, I am aware of the kind of time jumps that are to come. And if these first three episodes have shown that they're not wasting any time in moving this story yeah. along. Right. Which, to be honest, I don't really know how I feel about it. The, the second episode picking up six months after the events of the first, I'm like, all right, they got to move things along. Then this, the third one being three years after the second episode, yeah. we've missed out on so much development. That, that would honestly be my only complaint about the show so far is that I would have loved to see the initial reaction to Rhaenyra finding out that Alyssa is going to marry her dad, which was wild. Like you, we all saw that coming. But still, like now three years have passed. You can still, they're doing a great job at showing what the relationship is now, though, in that it's clear like Rhaenyra does not mess with Allison anymore. And rightfully so. I mean, who would? Who would be okay with that happening? So right. you, you still, you're, you know where everyone's at, but I still wish for some of these character interactions and developments we would have seen 
more more time would have been spent with them on those fronts. But that being said, like a bunch of more time jumps are coming, and that's been clear the way they've shown these first three episodes. I want to circle like, and I'm loving Rhaenyra. The actress who plays her right now is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Arguably, well, no, not arguably. She's for sure top three character in my books. But Otto, all time scumbag. But I'm loving his character. Like he, the actor is doing such a good job. And honestly, I'm not rooting for Otto as I would another villain. But he's the ultimate threat at this point. It's clear, especially with now the, the crab feeder out of the picture. We'll get to that after. But Otto, like you said, not, doesn't waste a single word in how he wants like, certain events to happen. Like he plant seeds but so subtly that he's not telling the king what to do or what he should do but just implying stuff and making him doubt a little bit he's orchestrating everything from behind the scenes and the actor who plays him like the auto just looks gassed at all times like the this uh, bags under his eyes this man's burning the midnight oil constantly trying to think come up with plots on how he can get what he wants trying to marry off his grandson to his um i guess a uh, daughter in or uh, daughter-in-law or something like that. i don't know but he's making weird moves uh, you got to respect it at the end of the day no shame in his game yeah so i guess those are my thoughts on auto the time jumps and the king as well like you said he's not dumb he has a um, reason as to why he makes certain decisions but he's making bad decisions and that's pretty clear like the foreshadowing of the throne cutting him the Mm-hmm. What I'm assuming is grayscale that he has this infection. Mm-hmm. He's doomed to die. It, that's obvious. But he yeah. could have prolonged his life a little longer had he married the 12 year old. <laughs> that was a hilarious scene, too. Like when he's asking for his, yeah. I forget his name, but the guy, the Lord of Laws, his input. And then he's saying, oh, well, she's uh, in the wealthiest family, House Valerion. They own all these ships. What's to miss like? She's 12. <laughs> that was a great reaction by King Viserys. I thought he sold that well. And um, yeah, no, I'm, I am enjoying Viserys, but he's he's done. He's going to die. I don't even know if he's going to make it past all these time jumps. I feel like he deserves an on-screen death. I'd be disappointed if yeah. we jumped ahead and he was just dead now. You know what I mean? That'd be That would be disappointing. I think he's a couple more episodes and he might succumb to grayscale or or get killed like honestly okay episode three during the hunting scene i'm like oh is this going to be like a robert baratheon all over again like an accident yeah. but then they had that like uh elk thing tied down and he just stabbed it a couple times and he was very reluctant i love that scene oh, he was man. he didn't want to do it he's not a cruel man or maybe he didn't feel like he earned that that kill like they're holding it down for him i don't know i i really like that i just watched the episode like an hour ago it's really fresh in my head but like everyone watching him and he has to do it or he looked like a complete coward. Love that scene. Great acting. That seems like that why I love this show. Um, let's talk about another dislikable character, but that I love is Matt Smith as Damon Targaryen. Goat. Just the look of Matt Smith as an actor is perfect in this role because he's got like this face you just want to punch. Like he has a dislikability about him. Like in that movie Last Night in Soho. And he has like, he's very... He's got a unique look. He's very blonde, perfect for a Targaryen. Very like faint, um, barely any hair. You know, like he's a, a blonde, um, blonde like any Targaryen. Perfect. His dragon looks very like serpentine esque, like a snake. It's very cool. That was really cool in the third episode when he's 
roasting up some crab eaters and or pirates um and that last scene like episode three made me kind of love him a little more actually i'm not gonna lie when he like pretends to surrender and mercs like 20 pirates after dodging arrows <laughs> like a la james bond i don't know a damon's the wild card in the show in my opinion he's always going to be there but are they going to let him off to the side or make him a central thing again? I don't know. We'll get into then predictions. But uh, what, what do you think of Damon, Eric? Loved him from scene one. I mean, that should be no surprise. Yeah. I gravitate towards the villain at all times, and this is no exception. I thought he... Every single episode, I just want more of him. And I was... Episode three, up until the end, like, I did enjoy the episode, but I was just fiending to see Damon and what he was up to because that, in my opinion, was one of the more interesting storylines that they set up at the end of episode two the war and the stepstones yeah. and the crab feeder I want to know more about him so getting to see him that whole scene too where he's the fake surrender i didn't really know what he was gonna do I, I, at a point i was like all right this is a fake surrender but then i was like i don't know maybe not maybe he's trying to get in there and we'll discuss terms with the crab feeder and there'll be some sort of one-on-one -on -one exchange maybe they'll join i didn't i had no idea what was gonna happen but then as the scene kept going i'm like all right some like is dragons gonna roll up or something? I don't know. But him going through those crab minions was unreal. I loved it. Taking off those the guys firing arrows off, looking like stormtroopers out there, couldn't hit a target. <laughs> I'm, to be honest, I'm glad that they did connect because that would have kind of been people would have been yeah. saying like, oh, plot armor for Damon, and like you know he's not gonna die in that scene. I would have been extremely shocked if he died in that scene. I'll just say that because you can't introduce a character like this who at first comes off as like straight villain, but I feel like there's going to be way more to him. And like you said, in predictions, we can get into that too, but he's the man in that scene. Like you cannot watch that and tell me you weren't rooting. You can't be rooting for the crab feeder in this situation. So that's a great way to get people who weren't a fan of him initially to turn around and be like, yeah, this guy's sick. And that was an unreal scene. One of my favorite scenes of the show so far in me saying that I'm loving all the political stuff like I love that high stakes action and him walking out of the like they didn't even give the crab feeder any um, recognition like they're like yeah this guy's a muppet like you're not even getting this guy an on screen death like you're gonna see his insides just being dragged and tossed into the water that's how much this guy means to the show that was a sick scene what great way to end the episode. Yeah. Big Damon fan. And also just to bring it back to the hunt scene. So I rewatched the episode again this morning and I fast forwarded that scene because I did, I could not stand that elk squealing. That was brutal in my opinion. Like they just keep throwing this cruelty at us episode by episode and stuff that it makes for an uncomfortable viewing, but it is great content. And yes, the first time I watched it, that's what I was thinking too. Like, ah, this guy can't even kill an elk that's tied down by four grown men and with a guy guiding him like all right this is the spot you need to hit with this massive lance and you can't even kill him on the first go it's kind of reminiscent of a theon Greyjoy unable to behead mm. uh, the guy in season three lord car car stark so that's right that would be my um or not car stark um the master of arms at winterfell there forget his name anyways yeah great way to end the episode and pumped to see what's to come for damon and one thing i did think of on the spot when damon walked out with all the blood in his hair and on his uh, like neck and stuff 
reminiscent of Rhaenyra killing the boar. She had the same setup with the blood on her neck and in her hair. I think a clear mirroring between the two. The two best characters, in my opinion, Otto coming in third. Okay. Just one thing of um, during the last scene with the crab feeder, like when Damon was doing his fake surrender, he kept like looking in the sky. Like that's love foreshadowing yeah. like that. And he knew. Um, yeah, they didn't give the crab feeder his due, but that's okay. Like I didn't know if he was going to be a villain throughout the whole show or it, it would have been a pretty weak villain for the whole season, right? So I'm glad they did what they did. The scenes um, were introduced to like the night that uh, Renera picks uh, Kristen, Sir Kristen mm, Cole, and yeah. like they had a lot more scenes in episode three, and I think that's there's going to be a lot more to it. Like there's, I'm, I'm seeing romance blooming with them, and that's that'll be my first prediction, I guess, is more stuff's gonna. There's going to be a lot more scenes with them, Eric, in my opinion. Okay, I'm just going to talk about this character now because I think he's pretty badass. Corliss Valerian. Okay, nice. Like, yep. Lord Corliss. He's, like, he's in my top three. He's just, like, from the first episode when he's on the council, like, basically telling the king what, like, like imposing his, like, we need to do this. When, like, I love... It's the opposite of Otto, right? Otto is super tactful and slithers his way and approach... Like, he whispers into the king's ear, but Corliss is all, like belligerent and blunt like we need to do this we need to do that i have the resources you need me basically and yeah corliss is awesome i like what do you think eric Otto is a Slytherin and Corliss is a Gryffindor just old school like yeah. why knows what he wants is braver too and will faces the danger head on embrace the challenge yeah. not from the sidelines from the pitch and I'm a huge Cor. I forgot about Corliss to be honest. Like Otto, obviously, I don't like Otto. Like Corliss bumps him out as well. He's in the top three. Corliss moves up. Emergency decision. And big fan of his. And I love that alliance between him and Damon at the end of episode two again. Yeah. Kind of predictable in a sense that Corliss had declared that Damon should be the heir in episode one. So right away, you kind of know that's where his head's at. Then he scrambles, tries tries to pawn off his 12-year-old daughter to the king, makes tries to make a power play, didn't work out, it's all good. Forgive him for that. Again, Stepstones, that would have been a sick war to see a little bit more of, right? Those three years that passed, I would have loved to see the Valerian house in the cut with his son that apparently he has, who's old and would be a good match for an era too. His uncle's, like his brother, I guess. You kind of need a character like that who will not be in line or on board with this rash and dangerous commander in Damon that you have. Like not everyone's going to be a fan of a character like that. So it makes sense that he's there, but kind of a nuisance mm -hmm. might be off axed in the next few episodes, but Corliss is really cool. I hope we get to see more of him. And I like that he's a self-made man too, right? Like his whole speech of like, nothing was given to me. I built drift Mark into what it is. And I built the drift th driftwood throne sick name from like from my own back. So that's cool. And again, house Valerion, like I feel like any, any conversation we have right now could go into um, predictions because we've only seen three episodes. I don't know what's going to happen with Corliss. Like house Valerion is a house that is not around in game of Thrones or are they strictly, in Essos, not Westeros. So that's where I kind of hope they end up going because I don't want to see this house be eradicated. I think they're really cool and a source of power for Damon down the road if he is to go up against his brother. It's going to be interesting because the whole the whole plot of this show now is succession. And 
Yeah. It's uh, it's very dicey and up in the air with now Alicent has a son with the king who should be the heir. Rhaenyra's been announced as the heir by Viserys, who I like that he's not wavering on that, to be honest. I'm yeah. a, I like that he's sticking to his guns. It wasn't a brash decision to make Rhaenyra the heir just to make sure Damon doesn't get the throne. Like, no, that's what he wants. But that's going to change. So that kind of begs the question, or not, not begs the question, enforces the point that Viserys is going to die because his dying wish was to is going to be to make ensure Rhaenyra is the heir. But okay, so I want to just throw my first prediction out there right away. In what I said yeah. last, my last point about Rhaenyra and Damon both being in blood in the, at the end of the episode, I think Rhaenyra and Damon are going to end up being a couple and potentially sitting on the Iron Throne. That's what I think is going to happen. Uncle and niece... That flies for Targaryens on Dragonback, of course. And how they're going to get there, I don't know. But Corlys is going to be Team Daemon. And what are the high towers got up? I think it's going to be a high tower versus Targaryen thing. Well, like a prediction. I mean, there's some scenes in season, in episode one with uh, Daemon and Rhaenyra where it's like, they really like each other. Like, exactly. They're really close. And that showdown in episode two when she shows up, like yep. with her dragon, like that was that was one of the best scenes sick. in that episode to confront him. Like he doesn't he just tosses her the egg, right? And just yeah. dips out. <laughs> that was awesome. That's a good prediction, Eric. I didn't even think I don't even know if I thought that far ahead. I just thought I know is gonna end up on top. Like that's my prediction. Okay. I don't. I don't know if I see her with Damon. Oh, that'd be in, that. That would make so much sense, though. They're Targaryens. That that fly. I think. Okay. I think a, a big player that's gonna come out, and we've seen her a couple times now, but is Rain. Uh, um, Rainus. I think her name is um, King Viserys's cousin. Yep. Her faction was not picked. It was Viserys's to be the ruler. So now, like, she's gonna come out of the shadows and maybe work with Otto. I think. It's mm, a good call. I don't know if this was supposed to be a surprise, but like Corlys's son. Like, he rides a dragon, right? Like, yeah. that, to me, I had to rewind that, like, four times. I was like, what's going... Oh, that's, like, Lenore or whatever. Yeah, I think his name's Lenore or something. Yeah. That, I can see a dragon showdown between him and, like, some dragon action going on. But here's here's also my prediction. We don't know... House Valerian doesn't exist in Game of Thrones. They're going to be, like... that. They might all be wiped out by the end of the show, right? Because they don't exist anymore. Or they're going to get married into, and then they'll get dissolved that way. The High Towers too, right? They're yep, they thing. lost all the power in Game of Thrones, right? They're not there anymore. They were they were like a huge faction. They're a huge faction now, but they're not in the future, right? So that's the problem with prequel shows. We kind of know, and then like we've we've been mentioned names in the first episode of House of Dragons, like like Baratheon and the Starks. Like we we know the Baratheons gain power and eventually like are dominant and. Lannister is mentioned in the third episode. There's the twins, I which say, I have to do a double take. I'm like, pardon me? On that point, Jason yeah. Lannister. Like, I died every time that name came. Like, I got Jason just so out of Jason. place. <laughs> what are you, it what is. Are you doing It's here? super out of place. Yeah. But, like, there's, there's some good scenes with that with familiar names for us. So, no, that's a good prediction, Eric. I just know... Like, Otto's going to show his hand sooner or later, and it's going to be all-out, like, conflict. Here's the problem. Every time there's a hand of the king, the hand is almost as powerful as the king. And then uh, if you get a hand that's too powerful, he he basically rules. If you get a hand that's too weak, you're screwed because 
you need a powerful hand. So it's like, it's a constant struggle between that. Um, I just think Damon's going down. Renero's going to wind up on top. Corliss will probably go down with Damon. Do you see a lot of battles though, Eric? Like so far the actions in the show have been like really dragon heavy. Here's the thing with all these dragons, we can't really see army versus army because one dragon just annihilates the other army right so we're seeing a lot more smaller battles i kind of like that do you think like there's going to be battles a la like battle of the bastards coming up or more small scale and like political power plays as opposed to like full out full scale wars i don't know in if it's going to be in this season or because it's already been renewed for another season right so i don't know if it's right. going to be in this season but i do think we are headed towards large scale and if it ends up being army against army and it's somehow like Valerion against Targaryen or vice versa, Targaryen against Targaryen, the dragons will neutralize each other in the sky. Like it has to be that. Otherwise, mm. if only one side is a dragon, how do you lose? They don't have Quiburn around to build um, catapults that can harm dragons back in the day, I would imagine right. anyways, unless they knew already that dragon glass hurts uh, dragons. I'm not sure, but I do think that there are going to be large-scale battles. I think right now we're laying the groundwork for the political warfare, and then it's going to lead to blood. And Damon has his own army of like, gold cloaks that are loyal to him. You got right. Corliss with all his um, his ships, the strongest marine, I believe, in this um, world. I just don't know what the high tower forces are. To me, the high towers remind me of Tyrells in a sense, or or mm. Lannisters too, where they have riches, they're very wealthy and intelligent schemers. I, I just don't know what their militia is like. And then the Lannisters seem like they're loyal to the Targaryens, which is interesting because I think in Game of Thrones. Oh no, they always were actually because Jaime was in the King's Guard for um the Mad King. And yes, to your point of the hand, like it always is the hand running the show, right? Like when Tyrion's the hand, he's the one doing, making everything happen for Joffrey. And then when Tywin comes back, Otto reminds me of like a, a mix of Tywin and Littlefinger. He's a bit of both. and Not mm. as authoritative as Tywin. Also not as sneaky as Littlefinger, but just right down the middle, I'd say he's a hybrid of both. And yeah, he's he's for sure running the show as of right now anyways. And yeah. even that other guy, like the Lord of Laws, has some input as well. But we don't, I don't really know what his true intentions are as well. Like he's pushing Valerion big time. Like that's twice now that he's proposed both the daughter and the son to get in with Targaryen. So just interesting how he's yeah. um, always pushing for Valerion. Dame, okay, Kristen Cole actually, just quickly. I think, yes, obvious match for Rhaenyra. Don't think it's going to happen. When... That's okay. the case where you got this like, oh, like it should be these two together. Rhaenyra wants that regular life of like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to marry, first of all. Like she doesn't just straight up doesn't want to get married, but would be interested in a Kristen Cole. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to have a, a gruesome death and there might be um, an auto component as to why he gets killed or something. But I like his character though. He's like kind of a Jon Snow-esque character. Like very honorable and is a sick fighter. Unseated Damon in the tournament, right? So he's um yeah. you know knows what's up. 
But I am. I just don't think the two of them are going to end up together. Thanks for mentioning the tournament. Love that they did a tournament in episode one. Just brought you back to Game of Thrones, like reminding you like, oh yeah, these things happen. And the jousting is always fun to watch. Back to Otto for like Otto Hightower. He knows exactly when to back off and when to like keep pushing. Like it's per- he's so skilled. Yep. Like, uh, like when, when Viserys gets a little mad at him, he's like, oh, okay. Time to like ease up, ease off the pedal. Love that. I just love his face. His like, <laughs> it's yeah. He looks like he doesn't sleep. You're right. Or drinking too much wine. Man's burning that five hour energy drinks yeah. nonstop. He, he looks like he's twenty years older than his actual age. The other like seats at the council, mm. like the Grand Maester and those two other guys. Uh, I can't remember their names, but like. I like I love like the little like inputs they have and it reminds me of Game of Thrones again like when they're all seated and they're all like having their input. I don't know, I just I love the councils. I I love the idea of a council and like but like at the end of the day Viserys, Viserys is still like he makes the calls but he's got his advice. I just love that aspect. I don't know. It reminds me of like ancient Rome or something. The show yeah, the show did a great job of recapturing that from the from Game of Thrones and if you love Game of Thrones, I don't know how you can not like this show in my opinion. It's it looks the exact same. They did a great job. I know that, like, another prequel of Game of Thrones got scrapped before this one. Like, they shot a bit of it or they written it, but then they scrapped it. Yep. And then they decided to go ahead with this this one instead, um, which I'm glad they did because this is a good timeline. It's not super far long. Like, it's only 170 years, so it's not, like, too removed, but it's not, like, a 50 years before prequel or something or 30 years before so it's it's a perfect timeline in my time setting in my opinion that yeah. being said i'm gonna jump into another prediction i have with what at the pace this show is going i think the f- series finale of this is gonna be robert's rebellion like the last season i think Ooh. is gonna be him in the story we know and have heard but we'll finally get to see and i think it makes sense to include in this show Especially given it how like quickly they're jumping, like uh, yeah, it's years at a time right now. But watch by maybe season four, we're like decades down the line, and that's the perfect way to bring to bridge House of the Dragon to Game of Thrones by giving us, I think, a story everyone wants to see. I wouldn't have wanted the an entire show's focus to be Robert's Rebellion, like multiple seasons on that. But I do think having the last season of this show be that, I think that works. What are your thoughts on that? I didn't give any thought to that, Eric, but I would love if they did that because we hear about it so often and, like, how how epic would it be to see, like, the Robert Rhaegar fight on the Trident, yep. right? Oh, I now I'm just thinking about that. That would be cool. Bring back every character we know in Game of Thrones, but, like, their younger version, right? Young Ned, young Robert, mm-hmm. a young Jamie. We'd see the Mad King finally, like, that whole thing going down. Yep very interesting that'd be cool if they did that but then like there'd be no run like we'd have to say goodbye to all the characters we love in the first few seasons right because it'd be way too damn old we'd see the death of their dragons too right like we'd see the end of that i don't know if i don't think the show's gonna go that far okay. i'd love if they did but uh that'd be at least season like be a lot of seasons if they yeah. did that is what i'm saying i think huh, it would be you- like um because the show is called House of the Dragon, I think that would be a way of them. Maybe season one is one story of like the succession at first, and then we see who won. And from that point on, I uh, don't know if there's going to be more Targaryen on Targaryen plotting and violence. 
maybe season two follows a different plot. Maybe season two is like the extinction of the dragons. And in that in that season, it's 30, 40 years down the road with completely different characters. And then in season three, it's a hundred years down the road. And like, yeah, right, we're wrapping up the House of the Dragon. Everything you didn't know about the House of the Dragon is going to be wrapped up with this show. And now we're on to the Targaryens. Are, there's a couple of them left. But all these other fans, like, well, obviously, if you watch Game of Thrones, you know what it is there. But I think that's a way to sell that, yeah, Rhaenyra, Damon, Viserys, who we know is going to die. Like, all these characters aren't around anymore. But just, like, anthology style, you know what I mean? And this is kind of kind of yeah. already anthology style with the jumps. So, I feel like that could work. And I would be interested in seeing that. But just, like, a one-season thing as a part of this show. That being said, though, I do love, like, Rhaenyra, Damon. They are great characters that I don't want to say goodbye to yet. Like, I... It'd be interesting. Like in the shows like that don't always work, right? When you're having to restart from scratch every season, you're having to reintroduce characters, lay the groundwork, at kind of again, even though it's building off last season, it's different. So we'll see. It's a um, a thought I had, and I do think it could work. It would just have to be done well. Wow. I mean, I haven't uh, obviously you've given it more thought than me. Like, I love a season two where Renera's like. 50 60 her now her like success like ensuring her heirs are adequate and maybe they're not and she's like starting to panic so that could be the whole thing um definitely the problem of reintroducing like you'd have to spend two episodes on just setting the scene again or we could get like five seasons of like just this power struggle hmm i like i like your approach way more eric i think that'd be great actually because then we only get like the highlights of what's been, we get like yeah. basically history. Like we just go over the highlights of what's been going on, the conflicts, not like a super slope. Like Game of Thrones is eight seasons and it's like only covers a smallish period of time. Right. But like this could have the potential to like show us all these epic battles. And yeah, that would be cool. I like that, Eric. I didn't even, I didn't even think they could go that way. But now that you mention it, we've already seen the time jump. So, hmm, I like that. I like that a lot. Last character we haven't really gone over much, and it's kind of a character dynamic as well that we skimmed through quickly. But what are your thoughts on the daughter of Otto Hightower, Allison Hightower? Your thoughts on like the direction she's headed in, and what her relationship with Rhaenyra is like? She's not my favorite character. She was a little like she's the actress does a good job, and I don't know. I don't. I just don't really like. Maybe my scenes with her are the, my least favorite. The scenes with her are my least favorite. Uh, I like that she's like with Viserys now, like that. I like that dynamic because you know her. She basically lost her friend to marry her friend's dad, and it's like, but like, does she is she just listen like whatever Otto says she does too? So I don't know. I think she has true intentions, but she's just gonna be like a pawn or a puppet. She already has like a bun in the oven too, right? Like she has a two year old, <laughs> yeah. and she's got another kid. So like those those are gonna those. Those two characters are going to be adults. Like, we're going to see them as adults, 100%. Aegon and whatever the, her, the, the next one's going to be called. Um, I can't wait for that, actually. Um, no, she. I'm just lukewarm to her, Eric. Very, like, I, she could improve in my books or she could get worse. I don't know. I'm, I'm indifferent. I liked her initially when she was, like, her and Rhaenyra were shown to be very close and to be honest, I didn't know what the relationship there was like to begin with. I was like, all right, are these uh, are these two like 
perhaps a couple. Like it, they kind of hinted at stuff like that in the first episode, especially in a few scenes that are in. But then nothing material materialized there yet. But I do think that there might be something there. And also, you know, like you saw it coming that she would, the king would choose her. I, her as queen in this episode. You, and that's where the show hurts a little bit in those three years in between that being announced that she'd marry the king and now she is the queen. I found her like a little annoying, to be honest. And I'm, I'm just team Rhaenyra, I guess. What can I say? Like I'm rooting for it. I don't like what Alicent did. and But like you said, it's all coming from the top of the tower here. It's auto from the top ropes. So you don't really know if she is being used. I do, like, I, like you said, I do think she is genuine. I don't think she's scheming really or hasn't shown to be scheming yet anyways um it's all um the old dog just running the show but i'm interested to see where her character will go and i do hope that she and rhaenyra have more scenes together and um can discuss what happened because i think that is right now anyways something that has to be explored a little bit more what i would like to see more speaking of that is well, my favorite character, Rhaenyra, like her showing even more initiative and like making right decisions and being more badass, basically. She's already doing that, but her stepping up even more as she's getting older. Mm. I, I guarantee we're going to see more of that, her taking initiative. Like when her dad dies, like she's going to be the queen. So like she's going to have to like step up. And I think that's where the show is going to excel is people are going to realize how awesome she is. I haven't read any of like the George R. R. Martin, like Fire and Blood, like... Mm-hmm. Targaryen Targaryen encyclopedia thing but I believe she's like a really badass ruler and like she does a great job right she's one of the good Targaryens so can't wait to see that happen that's my prediction anyway so the actress that plays her too is like such such a unique look like she's looks super young but she's um she's like very capable and powerful like she's a strong character I love her the actress is fantastic and she actually looks like Daenerys quite often. Like that she gives me looks of Daenerys and would be someone Daenerys would be proud to have as a great, great grandmother or aunt. I'm not sure what she's going to end up being to her. I also don't know. And I'm staying away from spoilers and Googling character names because I don't want to see who ends up becoming king or queen and all that. Okay. That's why I don't know if like, Aegon, so now we know that Viserys' son with Alicent is called Aegon. I know Eris is the name of the Mad King. I don't know who his great-grandparents are. I don't think Alicent's kids are going to end up being king, to be honest. like I, I foresee stuff's going to happen to those kids, unfortunately. I don't know when, but I could definitely see like it getting messy. And in Game of Thrones fashion... I don't know if um, if all those kids are going to end up making it and or maybe just be like cousins of who the king is or king and queen are, but I don't uh, I don't think Aegon is going to be king. I'm just saying that. I am still I'm sticking with my Damon and Rhaenyra to the finish okay. line call. That's yeah, kind of all I had honestly. And actually so for Rhaenyra, her seeing the white hair at the end of the episode too, like the the one that they're hunting good omen for her. I mean, I think that's obvious, but still I I like her chances now that she actually got to see what they were hunting. Whereas he killed the brown one, which I think is an omen of like, Hey, 
you're not the king of the Kingswood, and neither is your son. So we'll um, see what happens there. Loving the show. Can't wait to see what's to come. Fine. Those are my final thoughts on it. Yeah, my, my final thoughts are I recommend the show to everybody. If you haven't watched it yet, get on it. <laughs> cough, cough, mother. Um, <laughs> uh, I It's as good as Game of Thrones so far, and I'm loving it. So, yeah, I re- highly recommend it, and very positive first three episodes. Yeah, can't wait for more. I agree completely. So now we can pivot over to the Lord of the Rings, Lord uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power show through two episodes. What are your initial thoughts, Matt? All right. Well, let me start off by saying I'm a Lord of the Rings like junkie. I love Lord of the Rings, the first three movies. Like, forget the Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> super pumped when they announced the show. Yeah, like 2019. It may have been even before that. Like, there were whispers of yeah. the show, uh, just like the whispers of the orcs in the first episode. But like. Nice just gonna make that i love the land of like tolkien's universe so like as i'm watching the first episode the other day i'm like this is either gonna be really bad or i'm gonna be like this is stupid the cgi is gonna look bad like i was super skeptical i guess is what i'm trying to say now i do know that mr uh, jeff bezos of amazon put a lot of money into this show and his son even told him like dad don't fuck this up I read an article on that. His kid was super scared that, like, his dad would ruin the Lord of the Rings. So when I read that, I was like, okay. So I watched the first two episodes, and I'm aesthetically setting-wise, the look, Middle Earth, the music, they've they've nailed it. It looked, The world looks great. Every character looks great, too. Um, so I was super relieved to have seen that. And you know what? After watching the first two episodes, I'm on board with the show. I'm liking what I'm seeing. I think I need a little more to decide though if it's going to be like going to be an amazing show or just a very good show. Uh, I have a couple problems with some characters, but we'll get into that. But my initial my initial thoughts are it's really great so far, but I'm like I'm not head head deep into it like House of the Dragon. Um, like, what are your initial thoughts, Eric? Yeah, I agree. The I kind of went in with a similar pro, and it's sad to say that I went in with the same that we both went in with this kind of approach in that. Lord of the Rings, one of the best film trilogies, in my opinion. One of my favorites, anyways, of all time. Hobbit, disregard. But going into this, yeah, the stakes were high. And with the budget they had, I think it's like a $50 million budget per episode. I'm pretty sure is what it is. That's insane. Like the highest production value of any show of all time. And still there's that thought of like, ah, like they could easily mess this up. Whereas going into House of the Dragon, I didn't really think that. Like I was just excited. I was expecting it to be good. And so far it has been. And I'm unfairly always comparing it to House of the Dragon, watching it. But I really enjoyed the first two episodes. I I thought it was really good. I love the world, same as you. Great to be back. Visually stunning. I love like the... Just the shots of the war between the elves and the orcs, and with all like the the Nazgul's, and I think there were eagles in there too, if I'm not mistaken. Like that was just epic looking, like lightning in the background, volcanoes going off, just a lot of cool stuff. I think that it has a lot of potential, and this one's different too because it's a wide scale show with the um, the storytelling. Like House of Dragon is focused. You're really only focusing the war of succession with the Targaryens. This is like all over Middle Earth and in different realms we've never seen in the movies either, like across the narrow. I don't know if it's the narrow sea in Game in the House in Lord of the Rings, but across the sea, 
So it was cool to see the elven lands and all that. And yeah, they, they traveled a lot, showing us hobbits again, which I was surprised at, to be honest. I did not think we'd see hobbits. I think it's cool. Like, it's familiar. Men, we got elves, we got dwarves. A lot going on. I thought the visuals in episode two were really cool, too. And when we went to Casa Doom, I thought that was yes. sweet. The, just the whole city that the, the dwarves have built, like, with nature embedded in the mountain, too. I thought that was sweet. I'm liking it. I just don't know about the stories yet if I'm loving them so far. But that's too soon to tell. It's only two episodes. Yeah. Opening thoughts are that. Like, I, I do like it so far. I think it's good. And I, kind of on the same page as you. I don't know if it's going to be very good or amazing. Right now, I'm leaning very good, to be honest. But potential for amazing. It reminds episode one, reminding me of Game of Thrones season one where you're jumping so much like to the different spots in the story like the different like characters and races really which means that it's super slow moving right we're only getting a little bit of morsels with the humans the halflings the elves like i want to follow elrond a little more in episode two but no they jump back to this character then they cut back to elrond with durin like just i like to follow the characters that i like and having a lot of storylines means you're gonna have prioritize some over the other so when they jump back to the your least favorite ones you're going to be a little like okay get back to like the ones i like actually the nori one's getting interesting with that stranger guy but like yeah. sometimes you don't want to see nori you want to see galadriel <laughs> or that badass elf guy uh Orondir, i guess i don't know how to pronounce his name the short-haired elf which is weird that there's a lot of elves with like buzz cuts mm, but whatever yeah. military um Literally, he is military. So this show has a potential to be super, like, there's a lot of seasons. But because it's so slow-moving, like the Game of Thrones, like, there might not be a lot that happens. It's just going to be, like, a slow progression. Mm -hmm. But if they do it well, that's okay, too, because Game of Thrones did that, and it was super well done in the first, like, six seasons. Mm -hmm. I like the whole, like, what the evil is. Like, we know Sauron, right? We know there are orcs. But, like, it's just starting to reemerge, and, like, I'm loving that part of it, you know? Uh, rumors and we do actually do see an orc in episode two like that was cool that's so cool and it's like if you look at the map it's where mordor is right like where those the southlands or whatever oh, okay. i, I mean mordor is to the south of middle earth so it's like near that region i believe don't like don't hold me like verbatim on that but just looking at the map i'm kind of liking that and i don't know if you have theories on the stranger eric but, like, he shot out of the sky, right? Like, Big time that can't theories. be good. So, I think... He's going to be... You, you might know, but I think the, the stranger is Gandalf. Like, right away when I saw this old man in the pit, I was like, all right, this is this is the G-Unit. Yeah. This is G-Dog. And hasn't been able to really develop his speech so far, but I think it's going to come back to him. Because what made me think that is, first of all, he kind of looked like him. Like, I don't know, maybe that's yeah. foolish of me to think that, like, old man Gandalf... But doesn't he say in Lord of the Rings that he's had many names also and mm-hmm. that I think whatever he goes by in this show is going to be something else and then it might end or like at the end of the season or something where it'd be like, uh, Gandalf, like that's my I think that's who he is anyways and um, we shall see. But yeah, that, that made the whole Nori and Hobbits plot more interesting for sure. And I agree with you there that you have to prioritize storylines, which isn't always fun, but it can be like a nice breakup of like interesting events but that it tends to be the case that it's it gets interesting and then they cut away and then you have to wait either like for the next episode or way further down the line in that episode and you're like all right what was what was the last thing that happened again 
and I didn't even know that the Southlands were around Mordor. And I guess like whatever um the kid has like a rune or some sort of some sort that's like a a relic of Sauron. So he's gonna be I don't know if that kid is doomed or something, and he's gonna Sauron's gonna appear and track. I have no idea what's gonna happen with that storyline. If that's not clear in what I'm you can't even speak right now. I don't know what's gonna happen with that story. But I like seeing Sauron like you. I want to see more of him. I actually wanted what I like to see is rise. To be honest, I was not yeah. bummed, but I was like, all right. So I guess Sauron's already got a fleet and he's uh, locked and loaded. Like I would have liked to see if Sauron was a man before and was tempted by something to turn to the evil. But I I do hope and I don't think that he has the ring of power. So I think we're gonna get to see him forge the like we we have to see that. If he already has the ring, that kind of that kind of sucks in my opinion. Yeah. Like I want to see all these rings be forged. And is that what? the chest was at the end there that the dwarves opened up like the king of the dwarves showed uh, his son like a chest at the end of the episode and like there's something yeah. was glittering like were those rings in there i don't know so it's in the name of the show rings of power and i hope the rings can actually do something that they're not just like cool jewelry that <laughs> they actually have power as well so yeah, that okay first of all that that chest it could also been like what the elves were talking about like those the I, I can't the details are escaping me right now because i've watched so many things but like yes. i know the elves had a conversation about like an old artifact or something or about gandalf um i think it is gandalf too because it's like god not god but the forces of good like sending their their champion to like help out the the world basically like here you go um i thought he was evil at first but the more i thought of it it's not like it's going to be someone that helps him I love the, um, okay, Galadriel. I love that whole opening, by the way. Like, they had a lot of narration. They skipped, like, through hundreds of years. But I liked that a lot. Like, they, they set us up pretty well. And I, I liked Galadriel. I think, like, when she was hunting in, like, the ice caves with the snow. And there was a snow troll. And they, she dispatched it with ease. And yep. her gang. Like, that whole, that was good. I find Galadriel a little, like, headstrong and... I would think for someone a little like she's like what a thousand years old like she'd be more like like Elrond more like chill and th- thinking more but I mean I like the fact that she does her own thing I think the actress does a good job uh, Elrond I really like too good casting as well Ned Stark love the scenes in Casa Doom that was a highlight for me Eric the Casa Doom like Durin El Durin and Elrond scene. Uh, that was funny. I don't know. The dwarves, don't they look so much more badass in this show than like The Hobbit where they're a joke? <laughs> <laughs> and one scene in Casa Doom that I liked too when Elrond and Durin were in the lift, like he was escorting him on his way out and they're just yeah. talking about time, how time has passed and Elrond's perception of time is like, oh, has it only been 20 years since we've seen each other? And for Durin, like 20 years, like, and for any of us really, 20 years is an extremely long amount of time to go for not seeing someone. So I, I really liked that we got to see a good look into their relationship or their friendship and how hurt Durin was by Elrond because initially like this champion or this uh, feats of strength, shout out Frank Costanza, I thought was kind of like, all right, this is kind of goofy, but we'll see. I Honestly, I didn't even know if Elrond was going to win too, which was like, uh, I'm happy that the dwarf, that Durin won anyways, but that whole scene was like a big theatrical show. And I'm glad that we got to see some depth from Durin. It wasn't all about like, who's the strongest guy kind of thing that he was hurt and had, has emotions and all that. So that was really good. 
like that friendship so far and hopefully we get to see more of them together big fan of Elrond and Galadriel as well for me so far they're my they're my standouts no doubt and I agree with you Galadriel being that old should be a little wiser but I do feel like her she feels the burden to take on her brother's like plight to kill Sauron and rid the world of evil like she she took that personally and will not rest until she knows for certain that Sauron has passed so I can understand her um attitude I guess and but she's just awesome like she kind of reminds me of Siri from um, the Witcher even though she's a little older obviously there but they kind of look similar mm-hmm. in my opinion yeah and I they thought do. that the scene with her like just swimming back to <laughs> her elven realm was just nuts like I'm like all right come on like your breaststroke can't possibly be this strong that you can go from like the gates of heaven to your home. But thankfully, she found like Drift Mark and uh, the human who just sacrificed the rest of his his crew, which was cool. Like what I'm liking about this show too is how different it is from Game of Thrones. We're seeing so many creatures too right out the gate. More mm-hmm. action. It is reminding me of Witcher in that sense, in that we're getting more creatures, more fantasy fast pace in a sense but also slower like you said like it's multiple storylines and the other elf i forget his name the other elf as well um is solid first elf looking to to get with a woman that's right breaking barriers is um no we'll see what happens there I think I, I want to see more of Sauron too, Eric. I think he, I honestly think sounds like an elf that, because he always call him a dark sorcerer, a sorcerer. I think he's like a, a rejected elf or something that just like, because he can live like a long time, right? He's definitely elf. And I hope, I hope we see like more on his background. Like you said, this, this show will be like, we are going to see the crafting of the rings and the distribution of the rings and like the power of like, uh, this is, it's called the Rings of Power. I want to see everything about those rings, and I want to see like the nine men, like because like they become the the not the ring rates, right? Like they get corrupted, and that's what I want to see. That's my prediction. A resolution to the show, though. What would that look like? I have no idea because how many times like are they gonna defeat? Sauron gonna come back, get defeated? Thinks he's de- we think we've defeated him. Like this, this show end with freaking uh, the last alliance. I have no idea, but. The possibilities are limitless for this show. Will this show be one of those shows though that can't get can't finish because it costs too much and they're just gonna be like, oh well viewership went down in season four. We're ending it in season five and whatever ends whatever happens, happens. So I hope that doesn't happen. That's the problem with streaming shows. It's they get the viewerships right away, but like they have to continue strong or they don't get renewed. But it is Lord of the Rings, I'm not worried. I hope more people subscribe to Prime just to get it so the show can continue. I just don't want it to become such a huge like beast of a budget and production that like the quality dips, right, Eric? And they just rush it. Because like I can't even envision an ending to this show. This show could go all the way, like I said, to the Last Alliance, which would be an insane amount of time, right? So yeah, like I have no idea where it's gonna end. Like I think the Last Alliance makes sense. We kind of know how it's like what that looks like. We've seen it literally in Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. which is a little different than Robert's Rebellion. But it is the same. Yeah. Like it brings us up to, or doesn't even bring us up to Lord of the Rings because Lord of the then like another three thousand years pass after the last rebellion. So or the last alliance. So, but I, so that being said, I think that's a good place to end it. Kill Sauron, 
because otherwise he's just still out there and then you're like, all right, watch Lord of the Rings and then you see him die quickly in the prologue of the first movie. I agree. I want to see... And yeah, you saying that Sauron is a like a dark elf. It's like Malekith from Thor the Dark World. That'd be nuts if he looks like that. But I'd like to see him be like like an elf as well. Like a kind of regular person. Like a, a human actor and then he's an elf. That'd be cool. And I want to see yeah. like who his... Um, his minions are like his second in commands, like his Gothmogs, his white orcs from uh, the Hobbit movies, who are his generals and all that. Like those would be your mini bosses that end seasons, and then the final season is him getting clapped by um. The Sildor. Sildor, damn, it's a slip up, but <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see if we get that far. The men of Numenor and like the the Rangers, the Dunedain Rangers. There's opportunity for all those kind of characters to be introduced mm-hmm. as well. A lot of potential with Lord of the Rings, and all the different races and creatures and species make that it could go in many directions and stretch out stories that we don't necessarily know. Like I don't know any of these stories, so it's gonna be cool for me to see all that. And I'm enjoying it. And on your point about like how far, how long can this show go for? I think they made a five season commitment to this, but it is going to depend on viewership and like how the episodes are received by the people. I think it can go for five for sure. Lord of the Rings history is so rich, right? I mean, these characters can live for so long that like we're going to be, we're fine in the hands of like Elrond, Galadriel. They don't need to recast those characters. Maybe all of our humans. Yes. But other, um, like, even Durin could be around for a while. But yeah, after these two first episodes, it's really tough to say what direction this se- season is going in. Like, now Galadriel, last we saw, she gets picked up by someone in a boat or a ship with that man. Right. So, like, is there going to be something there with her and that guy? Or is there something there with her and Elrond? It seemed like Elrond was maybe interested in Galadriel. We'll see. It is early for predictions, but... Uh... Like another huge positive, I just want to highlight another huge positive on the first two episodes is we see like the high, maybe not the, we see the glory of the elves, like their cities and like the the King Celebrimbor or whatever his name yep. is. That is so, and like the the glory of the dwarves too, like Kaza Doom, the elves. I want to, I can't wait to, like we're going to have to see like what men are up to, like show us like their, their giant cities and kingdoms and stuff. Because right now we've only gotten like farming villages. Uh, I can't wait to see all that stuff. Because you know, like the men are going to have their badass, like giant cities and stuff. Their Minas Tirith's and stuff, hopefully. Like the elves are so powerful right now. Like they're controlling the game, right? And like that is not really the case in Lord of the Rings. They're more like just bystanders and having their little influences here and there. But here they're like freaking awesome. So I love I love that other show. Like it's always fun to watch. Like elves are so cool in, in shows and movies and in this. Nothing's better than in Lord of the Rings, right? So I'm really pumped about seeing that type of stuff on the on the screen. Yeah. Which is maybe an opportunity to keep showing us elves and Maybe less focus on men for now. Like, yeah, eventually, nah. for sure, need them in the fold, especially for like the rings and all that. Like, how how did those nine get chosen to get rings? Like, those are obviously kings of their yeah. respective cities and whatnot. But I'm liking all the elf stuff. Like you said, like at the height of their power, we haven't we've never seen this. We've only seen like 
wood elves and uh, well, pretty much just wood elves, right? Like in where Elrond's council is, a Rivendell, Rivendell, and the um, like where Galadriel ends up settling down that area yeah. as well. And I guess in Hobbit we see somewhere else too. Yeah, elves more more Elrond, more Galadriel is what I want to see, and that other elf and his girl. That I feel like that's where the story is gonna get interesting, right? Because like I already said, the kid has the um the relic that's gonna be like a beacon for Sauron or something. But that was already yeah. there. That was already in the the farm. They, they just dug it up out yeah. of a chest. So now maybe because it's connected with his blood, it's gonna be a homing beacon of some sort and send orcs there. There's gonna be something weird and. We're going to maybe get to see the creation of the forge in Mount Doom for the ring. So I want to see Sauron in the next episode. Like that would be my prediction. I think we need to see him because now he's been brought up constantly. We saw him like really quickly in episode one. Galadriel is aware or is convinced that he's out there. No one else really wants to believe it anyways, or maybe they are aware. They just don't want to talk about it, but he is out there. And now let's see what he's been up to and what he's plotting on. Take off that mask, Malekith. And let's um, see what you're cooking with. I don't have that much more, to be honest, on Lord of the Rings. It's tough to say where it's going to go at this point in time. But I am enjoying it and am optimistic. And it's fun that we have these two shows to watch at the same time. Right now, I'm still... I think House of the Dragon is going to end up being the better season one. But there is good potential for Lord of the Rings. And my reasoning for House of the Dragon is that the HBO production and... Our rating is huge. You're kind of limited with Lord of the Rings in that you can only do PG-13. Yeah, HBO is just king. Yeah. Watch The Wire. You'll you'll understand. You'll know what I'm saying. HBO uh. doesn't miss. So <laughs> I would say House of the Dragon ends up on top. But I'm loving that we have these two shows to choose from and watch both. Yeah, my final thoughts on Lord of the Rings is like I'm super pumped for episode three recommend watching it it's not a disappointment whatsoever i know i've read a lot of negative reviews like there's been a lot of like positives and negatives in the as far as reviews on this show um house of the dragon i'm liking house of the dragons more but that again it's a little more stop my more my style it's like it's more violent it's more like the world is more gritty and like unforgiving and cruel lord of the rings still like at the end of the day lord of the rings i'm still like they're not going to like go like do some crazy stuff and kill off this character. It's more tame, right? Like you just, everything you said, Eric is perfect. So yeah. So I recommend both shows. I'm really, really happy those shows are out right now. It's something to look forward to every week. Watch those two shows. That's my recommendation for everyone. Yeah. Did you have anything else to recommend that you've been up to watching, listening to, reading? Yeah. Yeah. I've been uh, watching a little bit more movies than normal, which... I'm not saying much, but uh, I actually went to the theater on Saturday because it was uh, National Cinema Day. Nice. Three dollar movies oh. everywhere. I didn't even I didn't even know that was a thing, but same. Yeah, so I went to see a Bullet Train. Okay. With Brad Pitt, it's okay. Bullet Train. It's basically like hitmen and assassins on a this bullet train, and they all have different agendas. But then you realize like the purpose of them all being there at the same time through flashbacks and like exposition but you got like brad pitt aaron johnson okay the the actor from uh atlanta paper brian boy. tyree what's his name eric brian tyree henry paper boy
Okay, Brian Tyree Henry like steals the movie. Like he's oh, amazing yeah, in Bullet cool. Train. He's amazing. He's got a British accent. I loved him in that that's movie. Cool. There's also uh, there's a lot of other good actors in the movie too. But no, uh, Brad Pitt's hilarious. It's it's, it's ultra violent but funny in a, f- a comedic tone. Just everything they say. It's dark humor. The director who did this did like Deadpool two, Atomic Blonde. Like, he has the action down pad, and if you watch Deadpool 2, like, that humor, like, dark humor. So, Bullet Train's a really fun movie. Two hours long, nonstop action. You're not bored for a second. There's always something going on. you got to pay attention to the dialogue, because it's all exposition. Super easy to... It's easy to follow, though. It's all one setting, right? They're just on a train, bouncing from character to character. It was a lot of fun, Eric. I recommend it. It's not a movie you have to see at the theater. You can wait for it for streaming. But uh, yeah, Bullet Train's my first recommendation. Okay. I definitely wanted to see it. I didn't even know if it was still in theaters. So I'll see if I can find some time to go see it. Because I did want to see it. And like, it did just look like it means what it says. It's a bullet train. It's um, yeah. just action, funny, fun movie. And like a good summer blockbuster movie. So that's a nice way to cap off the summer as well as we approach the end of summer here in September. Yeah. I think, yeah, like it's good to hear that you liked it. And that's a ringing endorsement for me. And I'm glad to hear my boy paper boy did well in the movie. Cause just seeing him in the trailer. I remember the first scene in the trailer is him and Brad Pitt sitting down in their little booth at the, uh, in the train. And he has like white hair. I want to say in the movie. So he just like, it's a different yeah. look for him too. British accent. All right, right on. And Brad Pitt, I feel like he just doesn't miss, or it's rare that he does. He is funny. Yeah. Good lead. Like, yeah, okay. I'll uh, add it. It was already on the list, but I'll um, check it out for sure. As for me, movies are still a no-go. I have not watched one in a, it feels like forever, to be honest. I don't have that much to recommend, honestly. The first thing I will recommend is a personal goal of mine that I've recently added on to my end of year is to be able to touch my toes when I stand. Like, I can't do that. So that's not great. So I've been just stretching every day for 15 minutes, already seeing great improvements. So if anyone like me out there is not that flexible, I would recommend just set aside 10 to 15 minutes, hold poses for a minute. That's what I'm doing. One minute long timer for each exercise. It's like a workout for me doing these stretches. And I'm seeing like when I go, when I go to touch my toes on the ground, one leg at a time, like I can now do like four toes, which I couldn't even touch my feet before. So that's just like in like a week and a half span. So by the end of the year, I will be keeping you posted whether you want to hear this or not, whether or not I am able to touch my toes. So I'd recommend stretching. You feel great. It's going to help to prevent injury as well. Hockey season's rolling around for me personally as well. Not trying to get hurt out there. I'm trying to build off my mm-hmm. last season, career season statistically. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like stretching is going to be able to help get me to the next level. So stretching is first recommendation. That's awesome. I, as if you've listened to the last episode, like I, I'm doing Taekwondo now and we stretch like for a good 10, 20 minutes before we start class. There we go. And I'm seeing all these people like touching the ground, like when they're bending down and I'm just like barely touching my toes. But then after like many stretches, I can go even further. But like, I, I, I feel you, Eric, it's a struggle for me too. I mean, we both have, we're pretty, we're both pretty tall and we have long legs and like, mm-hmm. it's tough, right? Like I'm not, flex- I've, I've learned to be more flexible though after doing Taekwondo for two months. 
slowly getting better. My groin, it's all about the groin and the hip. Well, the hips really in Taekwondo to throw kicks. And my hip, my, I haven't done those movements at all in my life. So my hips are protesting right now, but I know they're going to get built. They're going to build up stronger the more kicks I do and stuff because I'm moving parts I've never moved before. But no, that's a good, uh, super, and it, it is a workout frig. Like, it's absolutely awesome recommendation it came out and like i was not expecting you to say that in a million years but i don't think anyone would show you never know what you'll hear yeah uh, i've seen another int- i watched another interesting movie i'm going to talk about it's a movie simply titled the men and it's directed by alex garland who directed he's a director of ex machina and mm. annihilation this is his third movie and boy oh boy is it not like his previous two it is very uh it's a very disturbing movie. I'm not going to pull any punches here. The last act of this movie put, puts it into the horror horror category, in my opinion, and it's really messed up. It's about a woman who goes back to, like, the countryside, like, to her, where she, not where she's from, just, like, to a retreat after the suicide of her, of her ex-husband. She just has to, like, get away and relax, and then strange, strange things start happening in this little town, and, like, all the guys in the town are acting weird and like it's just a really psychological like drama but then turns into like a horror movie i'm not gonna say anything else i really enjoyed this movie but like eric it is not for a mainstream audience because it's very graphic at the end of the movie that's all i'm gonna say very graphic crazy stuff going on i can't believe he chose to make this as his third movie because he was on like ex machina and annihilation or like movies you saw at the theater there were like there were some disturbing things in those movies but very like rewarding at the end of the movie or a conclusion this is like you gotta think of what happened and make your own conclusion very interesting choice for a movie so that's the movie men okay i'm gonna <laughs> keep the horror movies and uh well this uh, like horror aspects in the end there especially for yeah. the uh, october months like when it when we're back into the fall for me, I'll get back into the movies and men. Sounds like it's a, it's an interesting one. I'll, uh, mm-hmm. We do an inevitable Halloween episode again there. I'll see if it comes up again. And speaking of horror vibes, I'll be I'll be recommending an album called Gothic Luxury by Michi Darko. I don't know if you check this okay. one out, Matt. It was part of the releases that dropped on August 26th. They're like depending on who you like, there's like six albums that dropped in the rap game anyways. And this was one of them. It's the first one I checked out because I've been a big fan of Meech, who is one third of the Flatbush Zombies hip hop group. He dropped his first solo album. I think it's a fantastic album. 13 songs. The first one being kind of a skit. So 12, no time wasted on this one. Cool to see him really come into his own as a solo artist on this one. Great features too. You got Freddie Gibbs, Black Thought, Denzel Curry, um, relatively unknown rapper Kirk Knight on there, who I've been a fan of for years. Busta Rhymes as well. Great, great features and a lot of catchy songs and heavy rap. Like this is, I would say horror because Meech draws from like Rosemary's Baby Freddy Krueger, like Mike Myers, a lot of a lot of horror references in his raps. I would recommend that great album. Good chance it's on my top ten at the end of the year. Quite a few other albums that dropped that day, but I'll just go with that one for now. I thought it was a great listen. Did you get to check it out, Matt? What's the name of the album again? 
Gothic Luxury. So just the title. It's like you okay. kind of know you're in for some horror raps. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna download. I have not listened to it. I'm going to download it right after we get off. That's good stuff. Yeah, I've listened. Uh, one that really caught my eye was the uh, Cheat Codes by uh, the Black Thought album that just came out. I really liked that one. Mm-hmm. Great album. There was also a Black Vladimir, the Mayhem Loren album. <laughs> yep. That was all hey, right. Hey. I like that one. Yep. Um, that was good too. But no, Gothic Luxuries. Okay, I'm going to check that out. I'm excited. Um, have you been watching any TV, Eric? I've been still watching The Bear. Okay, you kept it going. I have not watched more Bear. Um, I mean, it's been Wire and which I'm cruising through. I'm going to be done this show <laughs> nice. very soon. Nice. Loving it. And Good. it's still She-Hulk. Those are the two really. So now it's She-Hulk, Goth, uh, She-Hulk, Wire, House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings. Those are the four I've got going on right now. And I'm done Wire. I think I'm going to get into Deadwood as well. So just keep going on these HBO shows. Just knock them out of the park. But no, The Wire is so good. It's, uh, it really lives up to the hype in that. You know, last episode, I think I said I was confused watching it. Now I just, I get it all. It's so cool to see just Baltimore crime at every level. Corruption. Uh, do you want to guess who my favorite character is, Matt? Marlowe? No. Uh... I don't know, there's like cop wise or criminal wise. I know you say you like Stringer. Okay, I did say that last episode. Yeah, Stringer's the man still. Best character in yeah, my yeah. opinion. Now now I, I wonder now and you guessing that I would say Marlowe, that Marlowe perhaps has a run for multiple seasons. I'm at season three now. Oh, only he season is, three. Uh, okay. He is definitely like he's popping up now in season three. Season two at first, I wasn't a huge fan of like the docs and stuff, but it grew on me as the season went along. You know what I mean? Like at first I wasn't into this whole new plot with the Avon and Stringer Bell being the one I was interested in more. That took the back seat, but was still around. Mm -hmm. Now we're full on back Stringer Bell, Avon. I love like the development for all these characters. I think those are my favorite scenes, man. Stringer and Avon or talking and just plot like that's the plot i want to see the most i think it's the most interesting but the whole show like it's a a great cast super smart nothing's spoon-fed you got to be paying attention great stuff prez though just an all-time donkey just keeps messing up (laughs) (laughs) anyways I like um, season two is the black sheep out of the five seasons and most people's least favorite season it does does get better in the second half. Season four and five though are like are the scope of season four or five is unreal, Eric. There's even more stuff going on, and you'll see what I mean. So, okay. get ready for it. Okay, in a good yeah. way. Like, did you like the? Did it did it finish? Strong? I loved like, it. The last two seasons solid. Loved the last two seasons. They're fantastic. You get a Michael like you get a young Michael B. Jordan in there too. Like what? No, 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 no. Was he not in season one? Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, was he not Wallace? No, my, well, Michael B. Jordan was like, I think like 11 or 12 when this show like was being filmed. So he was in season one. Okay, I'm I thought that was season sure. four or five. No, I think you're right. Hold up. No, no, it has to be him. Wallace the Wire. That's Yeah, that's he's got Michael dreads, right? Like he's got, uh, not, okay. Okay, season one. Okay, but so I'm just, if there's more stuff with kids, that's why maybe my mind went to that. There's stuff with like. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's we'll, we'll good. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> no, Michael. B. You Jordan. mentioned another show. Uh, she, uh, we won't talk about She-Hulk just yet. 
Oh yeah, the well, I want to talk about the bear. Um, okay. It, it is getting better, Eric, but like I don't know if I could. I don't know if you need to jump back on it right away. Right. It's still good, but not like like I'm blown away or anything. Keep watching the wire, basically. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a, yeah. It wasn't even a thought to stop watching the wire to watch the okay. bear. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm committed to the bear though now. Like it's just a quick thirty minutes every week, like She Hulk. So it's like I'm gonna watch those, keep watching those. Deadwood. I want to get into Deadwood too. It pains to admit this. I've never watched Deadwood. I've probably said that before, but like everyone raves on Deadwood. I know I'll like it, right? So yeah. I haven't. I don't have any more recommendations. Just like the TV that we've been talking about it pretty much all episode, and then those couple movies. So. Yeah, same here. And now, like, the fall is rolling around. It's the time to cozy up and just crush these shows. So if you need anything, um, we've given you a lot, I think, today of shows to watch and insight on what's to come, in our opinion. So it was great stuff. Matt, any final notes for the listeners? No, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope we've pushed, like, I hope you watch these shows if you haven't already started. And I hope you've enjoyed your summer, and I hope everything's going well in your life right now. And Thank you again for listening. Absolutely. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all. And yeah.